You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm never betting on football again. Wait, I could almost just replay the tape from last week. <laughs> I got I got screwed again <laughs> so hard. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra with somebody who claims to be Brazilian tie. Uh, you told me Sunday morning, six thirty. You were up and in the gym. Who are you, and what have you done with Brazilian tie? I was in the gym at seven. I woke up at <laughs> oh, six. Yeah, okay, half an hour <laughs> difference. I'm still not <laughs> not believing it. <laughs> well, as Brooks and Dunn said, I'm a brand new man. <laughs> okay, so. My wife's across the living room, and she is look, looking at me like I'm speaking Greek. She doesn't believe it either. I, that's totally understandable. Uh, you know, so I came back to camp in July. So from July yeah, yeah. to September long, I lost 20 pounds. Uh, well Intermittently done. fasting. Well, look, to, intermittently fasting because the camp food is so bad. <laughs> so it's not by choice. It made it really easy, and then I just started working out, and it kind of just carried on. Taylor is far too shy to come on the podcast, but she's wrote a sign on a piece of paper towel, (laughs) and all it says is, no, it says Monopoly. You know, it's that time of year. It's right around the corner, baby. (laughs) Yeah, but the 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 closest McDonald's is an hour and 40 minutes away, so I should be okay. Hour and 40 minutes away. Okay, I think you're safe, buddy. I, I would I drive an hour safe. and 40 minutes for Burger King, let's be honest, but McDonald's, no. Um, okay. Also, <laughs> so I was up before my alarm at 6.30 because I'm 80, and, you know, the sun was up, so I had to be up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting old sucks. Uh, Summer must be mom, rough in uh, the northern part of Canada. You sleep half an hour a day. It's the worst. Oh, sweet, it's 11 <laughs> o'clock and the sun's still up. This is real sweet. Um <laughs> My mom texted me at 6.45 a.m., so it'd be 7.45 for her, saying, call me. Uh-oh, that's well, not my, good. My, my initial thought is, Grandma's dead. And I don't I don't think I'm too far out on a limb to have thought that. Because if, if that's, that's all she texted me was just, call me. So I call, I have to FaceTime her, because I don't have good <laughs> enough phone service. She, she doesn't answer. Uh-oh. Texts me back and says, I think I figured it out. <laughs> so then I call, I'm like, what? So then I call her. I'm like, you can't. I call her back. She answers. I'm like, you cannot text me, call me at 645 a.m. And then when you answer the phone, not be crying because I think somebody's dead. You know what she wanted? <laughs> what? She she wanted to, to for me to make sure that she canceled her Amazon Prime subscription properly so it didn't charge her credit card in a month. <laughs> On a Sunday at 6.45. So Grandma Brazilian Thai is okay. She is fine. Good. That's... 
A shout out to uh, Brazilian Ty's mom, the biggest fan of the podcast. Oh my god, and the biggest <laughs> hater of days off. <laughs> if you've got cold drafts and flickering lights in your place, maybe you got a mysterious leak in the corner. <laughs> if you want to know what's really going on in your home, Rumi's Ask a Home Inspector service can help. Connect with a certified professional home inspector by phone or video call. You can get your questions answered. Rumi will let you know what's easily fixable with a little DIY or when you might need to call in some professional help. Visit roomy.ca, that's R-U-M-I dot C-A, and book your Ask a Home Inspector appointment today. All right, Ty, the Friday night doubleheader, it almost makes up for Wednesday night's crapshoot with the <laughs> Ty Cats and the oh. Red Blacks, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think this is the doubleheader that... We've been kind we of waiting it. for all season. Yeah, this should it's... this should that that should appease people until, like you know, the first or second Saturday of October, whatever it's going to be, when Hockey Night in Canada comes back. And, and now, when there's officiating blunders, it actually makes a difference in the game, isn't it? Beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like we don't want the officials don't want to call penalties because they don't want to uh, affect the outcome of the game. Well. When they do call bad penalties, then it affects the outcome of the game as well. Like, it, there's no happy medium here. No matter what they do, they're nope, affecting never. the outcome of the game. <laughs> uh, the Toronto Argonauts beating the Montreal Alouettes 30-27. to No, I figured it would be a William Stanback game, and it was. <laughs> he had seven yards of carry. He had 19 carries. So 133 yards and a touchdown. He had four catches, 21 yards. It was a big one for him, but it's becoming a very familiar story for the Montreal Alouettes. 551 yards of net offense. They they moved the ball mm-hmm. two full fields more than Toronto and still mm-hmm. lost the game. And look at the time of possession, Ty. Yeah, it, it's... They, I don't even know where to start. So Vernon Adams throws for 382 yards, two touchdowns, turns the ball over twice. Yep. Cunningham fumbles the football. We we talked about it on, I guess that would have been Thursday morning, that live bet this team when they turn the ball over. Live bet their opponent because they're not winning that football game, and it, it came true again. You can't have this much offense and lose football games. That's solely on the players. That's not coaching. That's ball protection and ball security. That's all it is at this point, and it's getting really bad. They were constantly working with a pretty long field, and and sometimes they had to, quite frankly, do plays over again. Uh, They had 11 Mm -hmm. penalties for 129 yards. Compare that to Toronto's 5 for 45. Uh, (laughs) Montreal And and Montreal doesn't even... Montreal doesn't even have Chris Edwards. Like, how are they getting all these penalty yards? <laughs> I, I think the the most critical point of the game was actually that end of the first half when Toronto ends up scoring fourteen points in what forty seconds yeah. or or whatever it was. Uh, there was that interception yeah. thrown by Vernon Adams Jr. and then the next play. 
is a, a big touchdown to Chandler Worthy from McLeod Bethel Thompson, which I, I just got to say, this guy, the fact that he has put up with all of this crap, he deals with a lot of people oh. saying he's not good enough for the CFL. And maybe... yeah. Maybe we've we've said it before, and it did appear that he lost his job to Nick Arbuckle, but Arbuckle hurts the hamstring. McLeod Bethel-Thompson comes back in. I read a story, uh, Frank Ziccarelli out of the Toronto Sun, saying even when Bethel-Thompson got released, he stayed in Toronto. He wanted to keep his opportunities alive in the CFL. Mm-hmm. And even when Chandler Worthy was released. These guys are going to, you know, which time? <laughs> exactly, exactly. These guys are going to, you know, random football fields in downtown Toronto throwing the ball to each other. These guys want it. They want to make it and mm-hmm. it's hard not to to feel good for them connecting on that big long yeah. touchdown. Well, and they they've been together for 4 years on and off yeah. with, you know, them Chandler Worthy being cut, but he, he always it's always Toronto that signs him back, and, and they find a spot for him. And then when somebody gets healthy, oh, he's 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 expendable. He's like the guy you just leave on un, unprotected in an expansion draft, right? Yeah. Uh, but he's you know he's putting he's putting up numbers now. He's catching the football, eighty five yards, ninety return yards. Um, you know, comes away with twenty two point one points last night or on Friday night. Like that's not a not that's not a bad night at the office. It is an embarrassment of riches at receiver for the Toronto Argonauts because yeah. it was a, a late scratch for Eric Rogers, who had a setback with his hamstring. Mm-hmm. So Damian Jean-Pierre gets into the game and ends up being White shoes. <laughs> Toronto's leading receiver. Four catches for 91 yards. Yeah. And they had a touchdown from Curly Gittens Jr. I mean... Yeah, they did. <laughs> Devaris Daniels and Ricky Collins Jr., CFL veterans, each only had one catch. And it was the other yeah. guys, Jean-Pierre, Worthy, and Gittens that were uh, making the no. Well, they really didn't have to make any plays. They made the ones they had to to win the game. It's actually quite <laughs> remarkable. They only had the ball mm-hmm. for 23 minutes, and Bethel Thompson only threw for 210 yards. Bethel Thompson only had 13 completions. <laughs> what? How do you win that football game? Montreal was always working with a long field and that was a big factor yeah. in this one yeah. yeah and like that that helps with you know padding stats and everything but if you're not gonna right. if you can't secure the football it's gonna be really hard to win games i don't care how many yards you're putting up um you know and, and dj foster gets gets his touchdown too they got that split back uh in toronto that seems to be working really well right now uh, and yeah, Eric Rogers goes down, but I mean, Ricky Collins Jr. Not a big night, but still, you know, gets a catch. Tavares Daniels gets a catch. Curly Gittins Jr. finds the end zone. Like I mean, the guys are stepping up. Like Curly Gittins, you wouldn't expect Curly Gittins Jr. to be the guy stepping up. You'd expect Ricky Collins or Tavares Daniels to be, you know, the guys yeah. getting twelve, thirteen targets and ten catches. But uh, you know, McLeod Bethel Thompson able to kind of maybe maybe it was matchups. I'm guessing maybe because I mean. Montreal's defense would be able to focus a little more on Ricky Collins Jr. and Navarre Daniels as opposed to Chandler Worthy and Curly Gittins Jr., which probably helps. And, you know, Ryan Dinwiddie, being a former quarterback, knows how to really exploit those matchups. You must have been happy to see your boy uh, Chris Edwards get the game-clinching interception there. Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> I believe he also had a penalty, didn't he? 
hey, that's every week, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know they're kind of all running together when you're talking about Chris Edwards penalties, but <laughs> man, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> no, he's he's not on the penalty sheet. He was clean. Wow, it's amazing. Wow. So, hallelujah. Year. Is it is it time to just say that maybe the Al's defense I don't stinks? Yeah. I think <laughs> Thank so. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I'm the one who says horrible things and you're the one that just laughs. That's to and out in a nutshell. But I don't know if you said yeah, anything horrible. Jock hit yet. the nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> now the day is young. The day is very young. They just can't make the stops that like no. there was a there was a critical point in the uh, fourth quarter when they had forced uh, Toronto into a second and 20 situation yeah. and they just converted it like nothing. How you don't play stick defense at that yeah. point? Like you know where they need to get to. But it it's yeah, the defense there is missing uh something. I have an idea of what it is. I think we all have an idea of what it is. Uh, but yeah, they're just they're just not making plays right now. And, and you know, the, the offense can score all the points they want. But if the defense is going to give up one more one more point, like I mean, they they only lost by three. Yep. If you're scoring twenty seven points, you should have a pretty good chance to win a football game. Mm-hmm. But when your defense is like red light rascal, <laughs> there's not much you can do. Oh, Montreal's coming to a pretty tough part of their schedule here. Mm-hmm. They've got Hamilton on the way, and I, I, I just have a feeling that, you know, Hamilton has said, if it were a playoff game, these guys would be playing, <laughs> which really no. is kind of an insult to Ottawa, <laughs> and I could get why they said that. I, I don't think they're going to treat Montreal the same way. You're the one that said that they treated it like a preseason game. Well, they, they they basically said it themselves. I don't think they're going to well, do I that mean, again this time. I, I don't think that's breaking news to anybody. But. <laughs> so that's a, that's a tough one uh, coming up here for the Alouettes. The, the, the saving grace, the saving grace right now for the Owls is that that East Division, nobody's running away with it. Yeah, yeah, right. So I mean, they're still in the thick of it to get to you know catch second place and and get a home playoff game or maybe win a win enough games to avoid a crossover team coming in but uh they got to like you said it's a tough part of their schedule coming up they're going to have to turn things around because it it can get ugly really fast they're not going to get Ottawa bad but i mean if they if they miss the playoffs i mean it's just such a huge regression from last year no, and, no. and granted i mean Loffler and uh uh the um, John Bowman uh those those losses are you really see them now. That being said, the Owls have three more games against Ottawa, mm-hmm. and, and Toronto actually has two more against Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's only a one game swing in Montreal's favor. <laughs> like I love how everyone is kind of there. You know, there's going to be a situation this season when Ottawa is going to cost the team a home playoff game or something. Hundred <laughs> percent. They're just gonna look, past but they'll do them. it because they they'll do it because they lost that game that they need to win for another team. <laughs> It'd be like the Oilers playing spoiler. It's like, oh, good. So yeah, that other team is 
definitely getting in. You know what had me at the end of the Montreal Toronto game, the play calling by the Owls. Oh, and I know that <laughs> it's a long shot to win the game, but with four seconds left and you try to run whatever it was, a 15 to 20 yard out to get another play, that seemed kind of yeah. silly. That's not going to, no, that, that doesn't work. The time, there's no time there. No. I I didn't get that at all. I, no. <laughs> do the hook and ladder thing and see what happens and give yourself a chance yeah. that way or try to get a <laughs> pass interference or something like that. It's, something. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was quite silly. Okay. The second half was actually just as good with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders beating the BC Lions 31-24. I'm never, I'm never, I'm never betting on football again. Wait, I could almost just replay the tape from last week. <laughs> I got, I got screwed again so hard, and I blame the officials for that one or for this one, dude. The officials tried to help you by giving uh, that pass interference on Ed Ganey. Yeah, and then they screwed me by calling a touchdown instantly. <laughs> With, and there was no chance it was getting overturned because you couldn't see anything. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's every single, you know, goal line play or, you know, third down play. Yeah, they didn't even wait. They didn't even wait to yeah. see, like, oh, where is he? Is he in? No, they, they just, they wanted to get the hell out of there. Yeah, they totally did. They totally did. So, <laughs> this one, it's so frustrating when uh, a lot of fantasy players start James Butler, and mm-hmm. let's be clear here. Shaq Cooper only had two carries. Has this ever happened, Ty, when somebody has negative rushing yards but has a rushing touchdown? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so bad. That has to be a first-time thing. It, it, it probably is. Like, that's some Madden stuff. Shaq Cooper, two carries, minus two yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm blown away by that. So, I don't think it really mattered even if they gave James Butler more carries because the Lions' run game, it's not getting it done. And, in fact, no. Farhan Lauji tweeted this. The Lions just aren't getting it done on first down. They're just so reliant mm-hmm. on the big play, and when the big play doesn't happen, that's when they start to struggle. Yeah, and, you know, you look at that Ryder secondary this week, I mean, the big play like looked like it was a very viable option <laughs> coming into the game. Right? It, pretty depleted in the back end, but, I mean, if, you, if you're just going to rely on, you know, 15, 20-yard play, it... Like you're you're leaving yourself second and long and just not setting up for success. Granted, it almost worked for BC this week, but that long term, it's not going to work. Well, and I guess props to the Ryder secondary. Ed Ganey was covering yeah. Brian Burnham, and I know he is banged up a little bit with the groin, and he did have that pass interference, which could have mm-hmm. i think maybe gone either way in the end zone there was the other one where Ganey, you know ends up rock bottoming burn him to the ground i i just think it was a nice battle the on- all game long. the only thing missing was the people's elbow <laughs> that's all he needed that's all and the lucky whitehead yeah. long touchdown 47 yards mm-hmm. it wasn't 
he got behind the secondary. It was he, he just used yeah. his speed for his short pass and he, yeah. outran everyone. Made people miss. Yeah. yeah, you know, 111 yards, six catches, thirty. he added it in 30 yards returning, so I mean that's 1.2 points or whatever, but he, just week in, week out, he puts up numbers. He's really hard to not put in your lineup if they're playing. Uh, you know, and this, that speed kills. You can't defend it without taking a penalty. Like It's just so hard. Now, I know that he can be dangerous on the returns, but without mm. Chris Rainey back there, maybe Rainey, that ended up kind of costing them a game a little bit here. Be- a little bit. Because yeah. Rainey doesn't really fumble it on returns, and Whitehead no. really struggled with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we talked about kind of that stuff with Brandon Banks where, you know, we need, he needed to get touches in the offense to be success, to be more successful, and he got them. Well, then he stopped returning kicks so he can focus on the offense. I, I'm guessing this is more of just a one-off, like when if Rainey needs a spell or if people are hurt and Lucky Whitehead's going to go back there because he's probably their best option. Uh, but, you know, as, as a wide receiver, you're not used to running into a group of yeah. 13 people. Yeah. So, I mean, ball security isn't as in the forefront of your mind uh, if if you're going to spend a lot of your time at receiver compared to returning the football. So I get it. It's 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 a crappy look. Uh, you know, it doesn't bode well, and you know, it ends up your team ends up losing. That's not the only reason they lost, but it definitely contributed to it. Yeah, we saw Calgary struggle when their returner Malik <laughs> Henry went down, and it was just kind of the same thing uh, yeah. here with BC because one of Whitehead's fumbled fumbles uh, got recovered by Blaze Brown. Five plays mm-hmm. later, it's a Ricardo Lewis touchdown from Cody Fajardo. And that gave the Riders the lead in in the third quarter. And then <laughs> that kept Saskatchewan in this game a little bit. Of course, the fourth mm-hmm. quarter ends up being fun. The delayed pass interference call. I guess I haven't asked you yet. What, what did you think about that one? Uh, I don't know. I... It, you... I don't like the fact that they did, that it was such a delayed call. I think that was the thing. It, it, it felt That's like the it took I have the 30 seconds. Issue <laughs> if it's a penalty, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty call. Yeah, it. yeah. You shouldn't have to think about it. Yeah. That that's what that it was just. You knew that like it. There was no. It. I don't know. It just. It was stupid. I got no words. I. I just hate it when, even you see that in hockey, like where a refs arm flinches. Yeah. Right, and he puts it back down. I was like, well, no, you thought it was a penalty. Call it. When you throw a flag 10 seconds after a play, it's like, well, why wasn't that a penalty 10 seconds ago? Why? What made you change your mind? Because it, if it was if it's a penalty now, it was a penalty then. But So the Shaq Cooper touchdown after that pass interference puts the Lions up by six. Should they have gone for two? No. We're not really talking about it because... Because uh, Brett Lowther has missed a lot of kicks this year. So I mean, well, and a little later if on... Make him kick a retur- if you're going to make him kick a convert, I'm, I'm <laughs> taking my chances. <laughs> Jimmy Camacho missed his first field goal after that, mm-hmm. which if he makes that, maybe not even really talking about this whole situation. Yep. But what won the Riders the game was a big stand by their defense and a terrible... 26-yard punt 
that the Riders were able to capitalize on and score that touchdown with two seconds left. I, I don't understand how punters and kickers are so bad this year. <laughs> I get that there's no training camp. I get that. Or, you know, it was short and there's no preseason games. You can't go to a, some random field with a with a tee and kick balls. <laughs> hey, it makes for exciting football. It is it exciting? Yeah, well, I, it's I guess, exciting because the games are close. It's exciting because the games are close, but just terrible fundamentals. Well, I I guess when when you're losing money on it, it's not as fun. <laughs> Don't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to bet against the Steelers today to try to break even. So that's how my day did went. Did it work? I didn't break even, but I won that bet. Okay. <laughs> now, maybe maybe this was an I haven't really seen it too often where a team <laughs> has the lead at the end of the game and there's another fumble, and they return it for a touchdown to yeah, extend their lead. Instead of just going down. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they had to cover. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yep. Just like, what is that, Super Bowl ten or something like that? It was Dallas-Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh scored a meaningless touchdown yeah. in the fourth quarter, and it covered the spread, and like it was a huge, it was a huge change of money at that time. But like, yeah, it's meaningless touchdown. I grant, I, once once you see that chance to get a touchdown, if you're on the fear defense, oh, you'll take it player, every time. You you have to. But if you are going to get caught, you better be holding on to that football. Yeah, exactly. If if you're Damon Webb, oh, you take that touchdown five hundred yeah. out of five hundred times. You take you take eight days a week. Yeah. Uh, the BC Lions continued their interception streak. The only team in the CFL mm-hmm. to have an interception. Every game. That was a pretty poor decision by Cody Fajardo. Uh, ended up that's fair. N- not really costing them at the end of the day. Now, uh, what are the riders going to do here? Th- this was fire big. Jason Moss. <laughs> oh, what? You've been saying that Go for on. six weeks? Yeah. 12 carries for William Powell. What are we doing in Saskatchewan right now? Either use them or trade them. Well, maybe they can get Jamal Morrow in there. I know they talk about that every single broadcast. <laughs> I wouldn't hate that. Uh, but next week he's going to have you know twenty two carries and one hundred and thirty yards, and the week after that he'll have eight for thirty. Like. <laughs> and can we also can they also stop throwing wide receiver screen passes for oh, negative yards? That is infuriating to watch. <laughs> oh man, I I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> I got three words: FJM. Yep. <laughs> the campaign starts. You know, six weeks into Jason Moss's tenure with the Saskatchewan Roughriders, <laughs> even though, it was two. Even though they have a, they have a winning record and uh, yeah. have a home playoff game on the horizon. This was a big one because there's yeah. a lot of road games coming up for the Riders and mm-hmm. uh, beating the this Lions. This was the one I was the most worried about. Yeah, winning that season series, it's a big yeah. one for them. It, it's a big one for it's them. It's huge. And, and especially the way that that first game ended in that second half. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Braden Lenius, uh, 76 yards on five catches, was Saskatchewan's leading receiver. 
Kyron Moore, six catches for 40 yards. Ricardo Lewis, 71 yards and a touchdown on five catches. Schaefer Baker had the three catches for 37 Mm. yards. Now, I I guess that wraps up week eight. Who are the fantasy leaders in these three games, Ty? Quarterbacks, uh, Vernon Adams Jr. had 23.1, led the way this week. And then uh, two and three were both in the late game on Friday night with Cody Fajardo at 22.4 and Mike Riley at 20.1. William Stanback led the way uh, 25.4. Chat Cooper, I believe that'd be 16.7. I forgot to add his touchdown in. Uh, and then Timothy Flanders at 10.2. Uh, what a lean outscored, for running backs. He outscored William Powell. Like I said, fire Jason Moss. <laughs> uh, weird, Lucky Whitehead leads the way. Yeah. Uh, 30.3 for wide receivers. Eugene Lewis and Jake Winicky at 25.2 and 23.7. Uh, Chandler Worthy sneaks in the top five at 22.1. And uh, Ricardo Lewis rounds it out with 18.1. Oh, a lot of Ryder fans are still questioning him being in the lineup, hoping it'd be uh, Paul McRoberts in there instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one might buy Lewis uh, a little bit longer in the in the Rough Rider lineup, as long yeah. as uh, Shaq Evans is out anyway. It, 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 when Shaq Evans comes back, yeah, somebody's going to lose their spot. But I mean, I'm not. You can't critique a win. Uh, so, other than firing Jason Moss. But, I was going to say. <laughs> I critique wins all the time. Um, but, I mean, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Week 9 starts on Tuesday. The Ottawa Red Blacks, six-point underdogs as the Edmonton Elks come to town. The over-under was set at 44.5. Bet the house oh. on the undertie. Uh, yep. And... Maybe an Ottawa cover. Ooh. You know, I, I took that on the, the Hamilton game, and that was double digits. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could I could trust that one again. I really don't know if I can. Now, the question for Ottawa is... Well, at least, at least you didn't take the Jets to cover 10.5 today. <laughs> I didn't either. I'm just saying there's people that it's did. It's not been a good weekend. No, no, I six and seven in the today. Oh, oh. it's been great. <laughs> it's been real good. Okay, we, we don't know who's going to start at quarterback for the Red Blacks. It's not Duck Hodges because no, <laughs> we we know that because he just finished his quarantine. He's still learning the system. Paul Lapoli says that is going to take one, two, or three. How? Weeks complicated can Ottawa's offensive system be? He's had one practice. Put him That's in. a solid question. <laughs> uh, where's Ryan Davis? There he is to throw the ball to him. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, it's going to be Caleb Evans or Taron Christian, who also actually uh, spent a week or two with the Pittsburgh Steelers once upon a time. Mm-hmm. I guess they, they brought him in to mimic... Lamar Jackson in practice. So I, I guess that tells you that he's okay. He's at least a mobile guy. Uh, he can run away. Maybe they should just run it every single play or, or somehow. Just play out of the wing. <laughs> I, I don't see, like, even people that aren't starting defenses, you got to start Edmonton here, No. 
uh, yeah, they're probably going to outscore some of the other people I have in my lineup. Well, yeah, the the Ticats popped 18 on them last week. Uh, Edmonton, yeah. they should be able to do that too, I think. Yeah, I, I, the only issue I see with that uh, is we've seen this Ottawa team, you know, they did beat Edmonton once, and granted it was early. Uh, Edmonton you know, doesn't want to let that happen again. <laughs> they had a full complement of players. They had a full. Com- they had the full complement of their guys. Everybody was pretty healthy. Uh, we have seen Edmonton lay complete defensive eggs this year and in years past. Uh, but now I think with the additions they've made with like Moncrief and guys coming back in that secondary, I just I don't see them. Uh, giving up a lot to Ottawa on Tuesday night. Edmonton's been better on the road than they, Which is weird. Than they have been at home. And, and let's keep in mind, yeah. they gave up 71 yards passing to Ottawa and still lost. And lost. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. they could still not give up much and still find a way to lose this game. Yeah. I really feel sorry for Andrew. At the turf district, um, you know they give up seventy-one yards and lose a football game. And he also cheers the Vikings, who just find new ways to break people's hearts every week, <laughs> other than this week. <laughs> but like, you're you're watching this team, and you're just like, okay, how are they screwing it up this week? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and ha- have they won at home yet? No, they have not. Like, so. And their two home like, games left are Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. So they're not winning at home this year. <laughs> I guess they've got three left. Okay, the three remaining home games are Winnipeg, Hamilton, and Saskatchewan. They should be able to. Well, it depends on who's healthy for Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look at Edmonton. They have actually the number one pass defense, the number two mm-hmm. rush defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but... They give up the most, and those numbers, those numbers are going to be better after Tuesday's game for sure. <laughs> they probably, they probably will be. Um, they're giving up the most yards on punt returns. That this is what year is this? Oh, you could say this every year for the past probably seven or eight since we've been season ticket holders for sure <laughs> yeah. they're they're middle of the pack for kickoff returns um maybe maybe it's a one where Devonte deadman finally while he has broke a return this year maybe he does another one this week or two yeah or two <laughs> like i don't know what's going on with the special teams in edmonton but it hasn't been good especially punt cover yeah hasn't been that great uh, there is a chance, but I mean, if you're putting Devontae Demon in, you're going, you're putting all your chips on punt return t- on a punt return touchdown. So, you know, tread carefully. I Absolutely. wouldn't be picking a lot of players from this game. I, I got one in my lineup from this game this week and that's it. I have one in my lineup too, uh, but that's my lineup right now. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. There's also that. <laughs> we'll see if, uh, that changes, but it's gotta be talked about. Edmonton taking Trevor Harris off of the sixth game after missing one game. Calgary did the yeah. same thing with Bo Levi Mitchell. I don't get it. Like, did he kink his neck? <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, if he's held, if if they're going to do that, I'm assuming Cornelius is going to start this week, and he's he's starting their next game. Yeah, it looks like 
Cornelius was still getting most of the reps at practice as of Sunday. But I think if, I think if, if stuff starts to go downhill in this game, we'll probably see Trevor Harris. Ty, that Cornelius is – it's intriguing for me. Oh, you're one of them. Dude, he had one practice before playing against the Bombers. <laughs> now, now he gets a full week against the Red Blacks. Yeah. Okay, so now everybody's going to be going nuts because he's probably he'd probably be able to put up some decent numbers. But it, hey, it's going to be somewhere in the middle of that. So I don't get too excited after a game against the worst team in the league. I'll, I'll put Zach Kurt almost historically bad. Okay, Zach Cornelius over under two hundred sixty five passing yards. Under he had two forty three against Winnipeg. Under. Over under .5 passing touchdowns. Over. Okay. And if he's... There's one more in there, though, you got to ask. <laughs> Interceptions? <laughs> yeah. Okay, over under... Uh, we'll go one and a half. Over. Whoa! And they still win, obviously. <laughs> I don't know how they don't. <laughs> okay. What is uh, Cornelius costing? $5,000. If yeah. you put him in your lineup and he gets you at twelve points, and you that's a, that that's on the high end, I think. And if he can stack up elsewhere, uh, maybe it's not such a bad plan. When he scores, when he scores twenty five points and has you know <laughs> three hundred yards, somebody's going to tweet me, and I'm just going to block you. So there's that. I love looking at your Twitter mentions. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. People suck. Continue to tweet Ty. Yeah. Yeah. Try me. But nobody gave you the props <laughs> for having Curly Gittens. No, nobody ever does. No, they only want to pick on the bad stuff I do. Yeah. Like, at least you're 50-50 or 40-60. Nah. Okay. Depends on the day. 10-90. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I just see Cornelius doing something here. And if Harris doesn't play, it means he still hasn't played in Ottawa since leaving. I think that's the whole thing. I think that's just a ploy. Maybe they're going to wait until it's like a game that matters. Not that the games don't matter right now. Like, I mean, Edmonton has to start winning. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, he wants to go in when Ottawa is like, on the line for a playoff spot and Trevor Harris comes in and just ruins their season. <laughs> Take that, Marcel. Yeah. How's your quarterback situation now? <laughs> <laughs> he, well, let's be honest. When Trevor Harris finally plays a game in Ottawa, Marcel's going to be unemployed, so it won't really... <laughs> Should also mention that... Center, David Beard uh, has entered COVID protocol for the Elks. The 17th different player for the team to enter COVID protocol. Uh, center on the offensive line, of course, that will leave a big hole for the Elks to fill on Tuesday. Regardless, Ty, who you picking? <laughs> really? There we go. Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's your fan fantasy lineup looking like right now? <laughs> this hurts me so bad. If Zach Kalaros is my starting quarterback, 
The uh, what is quarter- ha- what has happened to this season? Quarterback is really expensive right now, man. It's stupid. It's not even fun anymore. Uh, yeah, and like dude. Zach Calaros being eight thousand dollars doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, because he can have weeks where his backup outscores him. But alas, here we are. Uh, so yeah, Claros, James Wilder is the one player from that Edmonton Ottawa game Tuesday night that I have. Uh, Milanovic Litre was three thousand uh, bucks. Really, the only guy I could squeeze in. Got touchdown Jake, Steve Dunbar, Braden Lenius, and the Elks defense, and I got one hundred and six bucks left over. My lineup right now is uh, interesting. Kalaros and Andrew Harris, mm-hmm. Timothy Flanders. You know what? He had 50 yards last week and a, and a few catches. Yeah. I that running back, you can you can afford one good one and then the the, the next one is just kind of a lottery ticket, yeah. right? Uh It's a like the prices right now are I I don't know what you do to fix it yeah. other than up the salary cap if you're going to have prices like this. Yeah. Kyron Moore, Keon Hatcher, Jamal Morrow and the Edmonton Elks. Wrap up my lineup with about three hundred and seventy-five dollars left over. Who? It's an interesting week. A week where I have less money left over than you do. <laughs> that usually doesn't happen. Um, no. Do the BC Lions, and we can get into this more on Thursday. Continue their interception streak against Zach Kalaros. Oh, probably. BC Winnipeg. I'll be watching that for sure. Like I mean, well, I would. Don't we kind of watch all the games? Yeah, that's true. That was dumb. <laughs> Gra- <laughs> granted, granted, Friday night I was in bed at nine oh five. Nine oh five. Yeah, man, you are like, older than me. Se- se- <laughs> seven hours and forty eight minutes of sleep just doesn't get it done for a guy anymore. Wow. Thanks, man. Because I get half of that when we record on Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, you should you should get the morning gig and then because then our schedules match up. Yeah, because we're the that's the schedule that really matters, not you and Taylor's. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Winter is coming, and energy usage for all Albertans will be increasing. So now's a great time for listeners to look at their utility bills and ensure they're on the best plan. Here's the deal. You, you hear a lot that the natural gas prices are going to <laughs> going to rise. With uh, Park Power, you get an opportunity to lock in the fixed rate. It's really easy to do. Uh, and Albertans got a choice who they pay their utility bills to. Park Power is happy to provide free, no-obligation comparisons. If you decide to switch providers, it's really easy. And you can feel good knowing you are supporting a local business and helping to give back to our communities with your utilities bills. Uh, learn more at parkpower.ca. All right, week eight is done. Week nine starts Tuesday. <laughs> we're, we're th- yeah, like what is? Oh, why? <laughs> we're through this strange part of the schedule. I think we don't have any more wackiness, until, do we? Tr- until no, Edmonton plays three games in eight days. Oh yeah, the the end of the season. 
the, at the end of the yeah when I'm going to have to be recording in my truck in minus 20 with no heat on because you won't be able to hear my recording I was over wrong. the sound of the fan blowing. Because Wednesday... Oh, there's more craziness? October 6th, we've got Wednesday night football. Oh, my God. The, oh, because that's uh, right before Thanksgiving. Uh, the Red Blacks have two games in Week 10. <laughs> They're not making it easy on this team. <laughs> I don't think it mattered what you did. They were going to win one game. <laughs> also, also, uh, I'd like to thank my neighbors uh, for paying their gas bill so it keeps my condo unit heated because I am above them. Because heat rises and my furnace never kicks in in the winter. Science. Yep. Science. Suckers. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. We'll talk to you on Thursday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.